Come get on the train. Welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. If it ain't easy. Finally here, the Chiefs season is upon us, kicking off Thursday night against the Houston Texans at 7.20 p.m. Yes, it's being played at Arrowhead Stadium, of course. This is Mike Settle here with the Sports Buffoons, going at solo for you guys for an all-the-Chiefs edition here. We're going to talk a little bit about the Chiefs' depth chart that was released officially for the 2020 season for Week 1, as well as some, a couple of surprising cuts, or let's just say cuts that maybe needed to happen, but we were just hoping that it would actually get done. Of course, one big positive we see here is that the Chiefs are coming into the season completely healthy. Uh, normally in preseason, we see injuries here and there. Normally by now, there's, there's been a pile of injuries going on across the NFL. We're coming into the season. We have everyone necessary on our team to come in right away, and we're fully healthy, ready to go. Tyreek Hill's back ready to go. Sammy Watkins looks good to go. Eric Fisher looks healthy right now. Schwartz, all the main guys. Clyde, of course. Miko Hardman. The whole offense is back. Um, and then on the defensive end side, we got Chris Jones, of course, he's good to go. Frank Clark's good to go. Um, at corner, the only guy we're missing really right now is due to a suspension is uh, Brashad Breland. But he will be back here in four weeks uh, from right now currently. So other than that, we have Juan Thornhill, who had a torn ACL at the end of the season last year. He is back ready to go, but on the depth chart, he's currently behind Daniel Sorensen listed on there. Now, I, I just think that they're kind of putting that out there as information. I don't necessarily believe that that means Thornhill is going to be truly a backup or not get playing time. We use a lot of three safety sets at the defensive side of the ball anyway as it is. So you can expect Thornhill to be very much involved in our defensive game plan all year long on that one. I must say one guy that made this team that's really surprised me that I they, they, they'd been telling us all offseason long that there was a chance he was going to be making the team. His defensive tackle undrafted defensive tackle that is from Missouri S&T that is Missouri Science and Technology uh Tershawn Wharton is his name he's six foot two 255 pounds and he's a defensive tackle and that's a little undersized uh from the typical defensive tackle you see in today's NFL so the fact he made the team is pretty interesting pretty cool obviously the Chiefs see some kind of potential with him to be used as a three technique possibly pass rushing type of situational 
defensive tackle. And uh, Brett Veach, the Chiefs GM, had a little quote to say about him, and he said, Wharton's been a great story going through the process here. He certainly jumped out as for us as far as the staff at the East-West game. He had a chance to go down there and compete and watching the drill work and watching him in the game. We certainly thought he was intriguing. When you go back and watch his college tape, it was a bit choppy. You kind of do some more digging and homework, and you realize he's battling through a high ankle sprain and wasn't quite right the whole season. So obviously Brett Veach has been working with him directly now with the Kansas City Chiefs, not watching just college tape of him. And he stood out enough to where he's making an impact for the team. And, you know, our GM, Brett Veach, has my full trust when it comes to finding some of these undrafted GMs or even late-round picks. Like, he did it with Traverius Ward. Um, and then, you know, maybe guys like Rashad Fitton, who were later-round picks, and Kalen Saunders. All those guys have had impacts who were later-round picks and uh, undrafted free agents. So uh, I think that Brett Veach knows what he's looking for in talent. And uh, But one thing to keep in mind is that Tershawn Wharton might only be on this team for a couple weeks because right now we still have Mike Pinnell, our big defensive tackle. He's going to have to miss a couple games due to suspension. And I think once he's back in, I think Wharton at that point then goes to the practice squad. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, I think the Chiefs want to see what Wharton has at least in the first couple weeks. And maybe he could do, do just enough to where he stays on the team when Mike Pinnell comes back. And then we have a big rotation of Chris Jones, Derek Nadi, Mike Pinnell, Kalen Saunders, and then Tershawn Wharton as well in there. And another cool thing that I'm liking as I look at our current Chiefs draft uh, chart is that the Chiefs have at left defensive end listed as Tano Passanio as the starter over Alex Okafor. Now, if you guys have watched a whole lot of Chiefs football, I think you guys have noticed that Tano Passanio does seem to make a lot of plays. Even though he's only got six career sacks with the team, I think that the more you watch the guy, the more you see the things that stand out about him. And obviously, he's got a huge frame. We drafted him, actually the same draft class as Patrick Mahomes. We took him in the second round. And he's six foot seven, 289 pounds is what he's listed as. Um, but I just I love his size and athletic ability. And he's a guy who I've always wanted to give, get more of a shot towards uh, as far as making an impact on the team. And I think this is going to possibly be a year that can really stand out. Now, Okafor is still a good player. He's productive. He does his job well enough. But I think Tano Passanio just has a lot more potential. Still only 26 years old, so a lot going for him going forward. So I think this could be a big breakout year for Tano. And one surprising cut that we ended up making to me was Matt Moore, quarterback, who came in last year for Patrick Mahomes when he was injured and ended up actually beating the Minnesota Vikings and then just barely losing to the Green Bay Packers last year. Um, we ended up going to Chad Henney instead, who was on the team, but actually on the injured list throughout most of the season. So um, Matt Moore, thank you for your services, but uh, I guess we're going to be moving on from you for the moment. But the one who we did cut that actually deserved to be cut, we finally decided to cut trim the dead weight of Breland Speaks, um, our second round pick from just a couple years ago. Go. Go away. Read some books. And Breland Speaks just honestly never really did a thing for the Chiefs. I mean, we, he came into the team from, uh, from Ole Miss and as a defensive end and just was always a little bit out of shape. Uh, even in the offseason, I think he was he would try to get in shape, but he just could not find a way to do it. He couldn't find a way to become a good enough of an athlete to what the Chiefs' expectations are and especially to get playing time. You're going to get playing time over guys like Frank Clark or Tano or even Alex Okafor? I really don't think so. So Breland Speaks just wasn't very productive with the team, and he was somebody that was unfortunately one of Brett Veach's worst draft picks today just because he was our first pick in that draft class. Uh, you know, obviously we, we can forgive Veach for a couple of mistakes here and there. It's not a big deal. But I think it was the right decision to go ahead and cut Breland Speaks, get him off the team. That way we can move on, move forward with some better talent and do it that way. All right, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the game at hand against the Houston Texans. 
So anyways, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, the Vegas point spread right now currently has the Chiefs at to win. It's nine and a half points is the betting line, which is the highest or widest margin of spread for a Thursday night NFL opener that we've ever seen before. So t the Texans are a good team still. They're not a bad team whatsoever. They got talent on offense. They did lose DeAndre Hopkins in a trade that warranted them in return. David Johnson from the Arizona Cardinals running back. Um, but they also did pick up Brandon Cooks, a wide receiver. So their main two receivers right now, you're looking at Will Fuller, the fifth, and Brandon Cooks as well on the other side. Brandon Cooks is a good player, but he's not quite the equivalent of what DeAndre Hopkins was. So we'll see if Deshaun Watson can still work his magic and make some plays down the field. And, uh, you know, one of those guys has to step up as a big third down target because, as we all know, with the Houston Texans, when it was third, th third down situations, Deshaun Watson was looking for his guy, DeAndre Hopkins, who ended up leaving the team and think a lot of ways on his own terms because he was sick of working with Bill O'Brien, the, the head coach of the Houston Texans. They did not get along, and there's been some issues in the locker room there over the last couple years, and some players seem to not be the biggest fan of Bill O'Brien, and some of it comes down to maybe just his style as a coach. He doesn't fit well with everybody. I'm sure if you asked a couple of the Texans over there if they'd like to go ahead and jump ship over to the Kansas City Chiefs, they would do it in a heartbeat. I mean, every every player on this team loves working with Andy Reid, loves playing for Andy Reid. He is the ultimate player's coach, and the players also respect him at the same time. We've seen some players' coaches in the past where they're so much of a player's coach that the teammates don't actually want to work hard for him because they know they can get away with so many things and still slack off where Andy Reid's a player's coach but also has a high expectation for how his players need to be acting on and off the football field. So I think on the Houston Texans end of things for this game, you got to be focused a little bit on the ground game. I, I think that the, you're going to come at the Chiefs, try to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field as much as possible, convert your third downs, control the clock as much as possible, and that's going to be your best bet, uh, at least to keep the game close for your sake if you're the Houston Texans. They're going to try to use that David Johnson running back they just picked up. problem with David Johnson has been a major injury history concern. Last year, he had 345 yards rushing and two touchdowns. The year before that, 940 yards. But the problem seems to be lately he's not <laughs> a productive player when he's on the field. He averages 3.7 yards per carry, 3.6 yards per carry, and really since his second year in the NFL has been not productive whatsoever. And yes, that was, I was with the Arizona Cardinals the whole time. But uh, I uh, can't imagine David Johnson just suddenly awakens and becomes a great player all of a sudden after having the last three years of uh, very, very minimal production. I think he uh, is a, a decent player, um, especially in the receiving game. I think he has good hands. But I don't think you're able to uh, do a whole lot with a guy like that that goes down on contact so easily like he does. But with that said, they're still going to have to use him on the game to keep the Chiefs' defense honest because at some point in the game with our young corners – not not necessarily Traverius Ward, but we're going to be starting on, on one end. Rashad Fenton will be starting in place of Rashad Breland. Uh, I think that there's a chance that they're going to want to pick on some of our young corners. Uh, we got Legereus Sneed, a rookie as well, going to be getting a lot of playing time in this game. And another young guy from the U New York Giants that we picked up this offseason as a free agent, Antonio Hamilton, will be involved quite a bit as well in, in the coverage game. So I think that there's going to be chances for guys like Will Fuller to at some point in this game hit us deep over the top if they can get over our safeties um, or just flat out, you know, run better routes than what the corners are able to cover. So I think the, the Chiefs are going to have a, a lot of tests coming up real quick uh, with Rashad Breland being out for four weeks due to that suspension I spoke of. Uh, I think we'll find out real soon what our young corners are made of and where we're going to need to worry about as the season unfolds.
And of course, on the Chiefs' end of things, offensively, uh, they were to come out, do our typical offense we've ran, at least for the last few years. Similar things, I think we'll come out passing right away, um, getting Patrick Mahomes and the offensive weapons we got over there ready to roll, spread them downfield, get, get your lead right then and there. And at that point, use some Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as the game progresses on the ground a little bit more and get him involved very much in that running game. And uh, I think that's one of the things Andy Reid's done really good at here the last few years is, you know, passing to get a lead and then running to control the clock and running out the time at that point. And with Patrick Mahomes, it's one of those cool things where even if we get a situation where the team comes back on the other end at some point, we know as soon as we as soon as we need to open it back up again and throw the ball downfield that we can make plays happen. So I think it's going to be pretty simple for the Chiefs as far as uh, offensively their game plan of attack. We just have too much talent between Travis Kelsey at tight end and you know the speed of Hardman and Hill and uh, even Sammy Watkins who we saw burn Richard Sherman in the Super Bowl to uh, kind of solidify um, our our game on that one. And another thing to add to that as well, by the way, the Houston Texans have a couple former names that Chiefs fans should be very familiar with. Uh, starting at strong safety for them is Eric Murray. No, not Eric Berry, Eric Murray from Minnesota, one of the players we used to have on our team who was just never quite productive enough and didn't make it too long on our, on our system. Uh, and then the other one is Philip Gaines. Yes, Philip Gaines is still in the NFL. He is a backup cornerback still with the uh, Houston Texans. So a couple of those guys coming back to Kansas City to hang out for a little bit. And uh, it'll probably be their last time in Kansas City. I can't imagine that they're careers last for too much longer at this rate in the production that they've put out over time. If those guys are on the field for too long, the Houston Texans are going to be in some big, big trouble. Um, any any Chiefs fans who remember the play of those two players in particular will know that uh, they're, <laughs> they're not going to be happy with what they get out of either one of those guys this year. Right now, the current game day forecast is a little bit of rain. It looks like Thursday night and 63 degrees for a high that day and 100% chance of a Chiefs whooping that ass against the Houston Texans. Now, I do have a hot take for the week, being that I believe by the end of this season, our boy Mecole Hardman will officially have overtaken Sammy Watkins on the depth chart as the second wide receiver on the list uh, behind, of course, only Tyreek Hill. Uh, I think that last year Hardman showed some big playmaking ability with that speed to stretch the field. And I've also there's been times where Sammy Watkins has admitted himself that he's okay with just being a part of the team. He doesn't necessarily want to be the number one guy anywhere. He doesn't want to have that kind of pressure put on himself. He stayed with the Chiefs, took a pay cut to want to be a part of this team. Uh, he proved that it's not about the money. He could have easily probably gone somewhere else, been paid more. Uh, but he wants to be a part of this team. He likes being a part of the Kansas City Chiefs organization. And uh, I think just Mikko Hardman, with his ability to stretch the field, averaged 20.7 yards per catch last year, which is just absolutely insane. On 26 catches, still caught six touchdowns and 538 yards receiving. And Sammy Watkins, on the other end of it, had 52 catches, 673 yards, at just 12.9 yards per catch and three touchdowns. So Hardman did almost... Those actually, if you want to think of it this way, he was actually more productive on half the number of receptions that Sammy Watkins had throughout the season. So uh, I just think that Hardman has, a, Hardman has a lot going for him as far as his athletic ability and future in the NFL. And just a little bit more playing time with him because he only had four, or excuse me, 41 targets thrown his way compared to Sammy Watkins' 90 targets thrown his way this past season. So uh, I think that Watkins, with his injury history, and also just the, the will and uh, desire from Mikko Hardman to be a very productive player very quickly 
with the Chiefs is going to propel him to eventually throughout this season become a true starter next to uh, Tyreek Hill instead of just kind of a used player every once in a while thrown into the mix on third downs when we're trying to go three or four wide. And also with that said, it's not to take anything away from Sammy Watkins and the player he is. I think Sammy Watkins is a good blocker down the field. He's got more size than Hardman does at 6'1", 211 pounds. Hardman's only about 5'10", like 190 pounds. So there is a size difference, and I think they both are useful in different situations and can definitely find roles to be used on the field throughout the season no matter what. But I think in the passing game itself, we could see a lot more Miko Hardman this year with the Chiefs, and I think if he gets more playing time, you're looking at a 1,000-yard receiver to add to our list. All right, and to give you guys a score prediction for our game, because I know you guys have been curious what I'm thinking. Is it going to be close? Is it going to be a blowout? What am I thinking? I'm going to give you guys the Chiefs, 34, Houston Texans, 21. So I think, I think we do cover that uh, Vegas point spread, and uh, I think it's going to be a fairly simple game for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think we do give up a couple big plays down the field as our defense kind of adjusts with missing a couple pieces. But all in all, I think that the offense comes out, gets their jobs done quickly, easily, uh, does the plays they need, and then runs the clock out at the end of the game to solidify our victory and move on to week two where we play the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, guys, give us a follow at Sports Buffoons on Twitter. Uh, like I said, my name is Mike Settle. I go by at KC Rockaholic on there, but don't follow me at that link on that one. I say a lot of dumb shit on my personal accounts, so let's stick to at Sports Buffoons. We should be getting back with the boys here this Wednesday or th they're probably coming out Thursday morning, uh, the day of the Chiefs game. We're going to have a little trio threesome back in action again, so that'll be great to get back with our boy Jason, JG, and Tanner Dawson your score prediction for the Chiefs game this Thursday night. I uh, hope you, you guys are just as pumped up as we are. I know it's been a weird offseason, so it's been a little more difficult to really stay in the flow and in the know of things. So uh, let's hope at starting Thursday we can get back on track of our regularly scheduled lives and let's uh, live a happy time again with football here coming right up. So like I said, give us a follow and uh, I'll see you guys on the next one. Tipping ain't easy.